0: Cameron and Jake are lifelong friends that love video games,
1: movies, and generally all of nerd culture. Very original, right? Jake, that's me, has recently achieved a dream of mine to move to Japan, so Cameron and I stay connected with this podcast. Each episode, you'll join us as we take a nostalgic look back
0: at the culture that we so love. This is Region Unlocked.
1: Jake. Jake, yes, Cameron. What's up? What
0: what do you get when you mix
1: a bird and a bear? A bird and a bear. You get I think an amazing video game developed by Rare. You get pure
0: gold, my friend. Pure gold. So, welcome everyone to Region Unlocked. My name is Cameron <laughs> and I'm Jake. <laughs> and if you couldn't figure it out, today we're talking about Banjo-Kazooie, my number one game on the nintendo 64 i'm so excited
1: yes me too this is an amazing game and i am really excited to talk about it because there's a lot to cover which is very sure
0: yeah and we're we're also going to try to make sure it's you know a little compact and we're trying to avoid our two-parter episodes now because those i don't know they go too long sometimes so we're going to try to pack (laughs) this all into one episode no guarantees though yeah all perspective (laughs) So before we get into it, Jake and I um, we've actually taken a 2 week break since our last episode that we recorded. So it's been a little while. Haven't been in the in the hot seat in my stu- my closet studio. Haven't mm-hmm. talked to you about games in a while. So uh what what is something new that's happened to you this week that's worth talking about or the past something. 2 weeks?
1: Well, uh I'd say the big thing is I'm now back in Tokyo. I moved to Osaka for a couple weeks, but they sent me back early because of company stuff, and I'm back in Tokyo. So that's one thing, and that's probably the biggest thing that's happened uh, as of recent times. Well, and you just, you finally put out a vlog. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My YouTube channel's up if anyone wants to check it out. What's it called? It's uh, Mystery Mystery. So it's M R E underscore Mystery all one word because you're it's, Mr. E I, I'm, I'm a very mysterious person. I'm, you I'm, certainly I'm are. <laughs> <laughs> a mystery mystery. That's for sure. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm putting out um, videos about living in Japan and my next video is going to be a, a quick light version of a tip video, just some small stuff that I've noticed in Japan and some cool tips that you can follow if you ever decide to visit. Cool. So yeah, oh and another big thing that's happened and this is slightly off topic i beat the last of us on grounded mode for the first time Uh, that is the hardest mode there is it's almost one hit kills you get no um no looking through walls uh no indication of health no ammo indication no mini screens it's brutal so i did it just to say i did and i did that's awesome uh, it was crazy. <laughs> so what about you, Cameron? What are some things that have happened?
0: <laughs> well, speaking of Last of Us, I have had plenty of time to dedicate to my couch and to my PlayStation. And so I have finally played The Last of Us. And oh my goodness, that game was so good. I, I'm i so proud of you, Cameron. I basically lived in that world for, for two days straight where I just played it all day. Oh, and gosh. It's a definitely a great escapist game if it's i mean let's face it i don't know when this episode comes out but i don't know how much better things are gonna be uh corona wise so but anyway i guess it's kind of ironic saying you can escape into that game but that game is about everything going wrong with a bad infection
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's the post-apocalyptic um zombie type uh world that we're all fearing right now so (laughs)
0: But anyway, I I really loved that game. I it is it's very emotional, and I it just got me thinking. It's because it's got like, you know, like any good emotional game. It's got some existential type questions, and mm-hmm. it's making me consider my age now. Like I'm not old. I'm we're 29 at this moment, mm-hmm. and yeah. but we don't have kids. And seeing this game, you relate. Like playing this game now, like I relate to Joel, you know, Mm -hmm. I know my high schoolers, they, they played it. They probably relate to Ellie and it's just so interesting to think about how your perspectives change over time and like at the end of the game, the end of the game is like you, you make a terrible, terrible decision, but you can't help, you can't help but like feel for it because you care for Ellie as Joel does.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's it's so poetic, and it's just wonderful. But
1: absolutely, man. <laughs> we we can I talk totally more agree about that you. another time. <laughs> once we, yeah,
0: you know, a hundred episodes from now, when we actually get to that point, yeah, we could
1: probably devote hundred episodes to that one game too, <laughs> just <laughs> with theories and stuff like that. But anyway, yeah. So,
0: uh, to try to to end this rant real quick. So uh, I played that, and then I also moved on to the the newest Ratchet and Clank on PlayStation 4, which I loved. I love so much. It's just so good fun. And it feels still very 2000s, but also very nice and easy and clean to to control. And it still works very well today. It's good to get back into playing my PlayStation because my PS4 is the only PlayStation I've ever owned. I've now beat uh, those two games and then God of War and Spider-Man and I'm eager to move on to other ones, but I still got to say, I just don't understand PlayStation's controller, like (laughs) why it exists the way it does. So for one, the past three versions of it are not the most ergonomic, you know, PlayStation 1 through 3. I think like the the parts you hold are just a little too short and don't fit in your hand very well. I agree.
1: I totally agree. And the PS4
0: solves it. It's more ergonomic, but mm-hmm. that the dang thumbstick placement like it is just not <laughs> ideal to have the left stick you know symmetrical with the right stick and yeah. i always bring that up when i argue with kids cuz you know kids it's like you know you're you're die hard playstation's the best or xbox is the best and the controller's mm-hmm. the best and it's like yeah after a while i get used to it i'm not thinking about it too much but yeah the way you have to have your thumb at an angle instead of going straight up, like on an Xbox controller, mm-hmm. you're not utilizing the thumbstick correctly at all. Like, your thumb is barely ever on the top of it. It's usually, like, on the edge of it to where, mm. like, you're not even using the grippiness of the top. I mean, that that might be a... I might be slightly wrong on that. I don't know where I was going with that. Wow. But it's just not right. And there's certain parts in that game, especially the clank segments... We were running towards the camera, running away from an enemy. And I constantly had to, like, readjust because my thumb was, like, slowly sliding off the thumbstick towards me. Just Mm. because you have bad leverage. It's a bad angle. That's interesting. It's like, again, I don't care too much. I'm used to it. But, like, they just now announced the, the PS5 controller, which looks gorgeous, but it's like still it's it's like you're just keeping that analog there just to be stubborn because that's what it's like this is playstation this is how our controller is going to be we're going to be different from all the other controllers and it's like oh come on just evolve a little bit
1: <laughs> well i i can definitely see your argument there and that's not really something i ever thought about um but personally it's not something i've ever needed to think about i was a PlayStation player for years upon years and yeah. maybe it's just because I got so attuned to that layout that I just became it just became second nature so it doesn't really bother me that much Yeah. but I guess you're right if you're really used to the Xbox controller and switching back and forth you definitely notice a difference um, but that's, that's really interesting that you brought that up because <laughs> uh. <laughs> I mean, it's not a huge deal like playing those two games back to back I got very mm-hmm. used to
0: it but still when i like playing those clank segments and i'd find myself readjusting it's just like man i don't have to readjust on an xbox controller ever but okay it is what it is whatever all right let's move on perspectives (laughs) we're not here to talk about now we're talking about the past and of course as we said at the beginning i'm saying it again now the best game on the n64 banjo kazooie Uh so banjo kazooie this game came out june 29th of 1998 Uh, someone argued 1998 being like one of the best video game years ever
1: oh especially for rare too well what else came out uh from rare yeah you also had uh goldeneye 007 was that 98? No, that was nine. Or that was ninety-seven. Sorry, oh, okay. but uh, Rare was but, doing really well around this time, Oh, and they were both they were both contenders for best uh, game of the year, um, Goldeneye and uh, Banjo Kazooie. So, yeah, but yeah, like as you were saying, ninety-eight was a great game for video games time
0: as well, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's others. But good year. Anyway, so let's talk about some of the history of this before we get into the game. Yeah, I'm going to start throwing some facts at you, some history. Cool beans. Let's do it. So Banjo Kazooie did not begin as banjo kazooie it started out as a game called project dream back on the super nintendo Mm. and this game it looked interesting it was like this isometric slash like 2.5 d platformer sword slasher type game so you played yeah this this guy named edison and he had a a dog named dinger and so it it had a a few animals in it kind of like uh you know, like the Banjo-Kazooie animals that you see in it. Animals with personality, not just, you know, not just regular animals. But so you, it's just this side-scroller type game where you have a sword. And it's kind of generic l- looking at the gameplay that I've seen. However, mm-hmm. graphically is beautiful because this is rare. And they were making this game after they'd made Donkey Kong Country. So mm-hmm. you know how good Donkey Kong Country looked on Super Nintendo. This was looking a little better. And uh, this I don't know exactly the details of the story, but you went on this adventure against like pirates, and uh, the pirates were led by Captain Black Eye. Is that familiar, Captain
1: Black Eye? Ah, oh, gee, that sounds like something you might see in uh, Banjo-Tooie. Exactly! So <laughs> Banjo-Tooie uh, has a pub
0: in one of the levels and Captain black Blackeye is in there and he's like drinking and complaining about like losing the spotlight to a bear because his <laughs> game never came out but he exists in Banjo-Tooie and that was really cool but anyway yes um after a few months into the development of this Project Dream they were able to transfer all this effort over to the N64 hmm. and they started making this new prototype of the game and in my opinion Oh, it looked like garbage. It is. Oh, yeah. It is graphically gross because, like, the N64, it opened up, you know, these this 3D-capable space of kind of where you could have more open worlds and not just, like, a side-scroller. Yeah. So initially on, on Super Nintendo, it was, like, a 2.5-dimensional game where you could yes. move side to side but also kind of, like, move further and closer to the camera. Uh-huh, yeah. But then on the N64, it became more kind of, like, Isometric, top down, Mm -hmm. where bigger world to explore, but the environments were super bland and foggy, and it's just it's so funny. The N64 really had some garbage-looking games (laughs) when when it comes down to it, and we don't really remember that other because they you know the main first-party games always looked pretty good, but. If you look at the gameplay between Super Nintendo and the N sixty four on Project Dream, it, it looks gross. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so they went through a lot of development on this game, and the game kept changing and changing over time to the point where yeah. they thought that this guy Edison, this sword fighter, he didn't really fit the game anymore, and so they were going mm-hmm. for something a little more whimsical, and so they they tried a rabbit as the main character they didn't like that but then they eventually landed on banjo so banjo was already in the game as like a side character but they're like now nah, we're gonna make him the, the new character <laughs> so they started making these prototypes with him and banjo he initially he kind of has like a skateboarder vibe he's a mm-hmm. you know he's a cool bro bear a and, cool 90s bear yeah and a lot of his animations <laughs> like jumping kind of look like he's doing a skateboard trick while he's jumping um, yeah but wow, it interesting. To, yeah, it's, it's weird. And so it starts to have a more... It starts to take more of the aesthetic of what we picture when we, when we think of Banjo-Kazooie. The yeah. world starts to look a little better. Um, but then eventually they kept working on it and they weren't liking it. And they basically scrapped everything hmm. except Banjo. Like they completely threw out the whole game, but they're like, we like Banjo as a character. <laughs> and... It just it's funny cuz it's like yeah. so is this game project dream anymore it's like that analogy it's like oh i've got my grandpa's old hammer and the handle breaks so i replace the handle and then over time the head of the hammer breaks or so i replace the head of the hammer now is yeah. it still my grandpa's old hammer it's like uh-huh. no it's not and this <laughs> this game is like not project dream at all anymore
1: no it's got its roots, but it's something yeah. completely different now.
0: But yeah, so they trashed the whole game. They kept Banjo because they loved him. And they codenamed the game Kazoo. I have, I don't know why. I'm sure there's a reason out there, but I couldn't.
1: You know, they, they probably just dreamed up that name.
0: Oh, did they? They must have had a project where they dreamed about <laughs> it. Probably. <laughs> but anyway, so they call it Kazoo. And ironically, they call it Kazoo, but Kazooie is not in it. He's not present at the beginning. So they were, (laughs) as they were planning this out, they wanted to come up with a a better, like feasible double jump in Mm. the game. And so when I say feasible, uh, I guess this is my own interpretation here, but like so many double jumps are like silly, you know, it's like, how are you getting, how are you jumping again in midair? How are you doing a flip on your way back down to the ground and getting more air, you know? In essence, double jumps are, are very silly.
1: So well, they're, they're not uh, <laughs> physically accurate, are they? <laughs> not,
0: not at all. I mean, I can do a double jump every once in a while, but it, it takes a little bit of practice. Yeah, usually I fall asleep life. first. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so they're trying to think of a feasible way. So they're like, let's have some wings pop out of his backpack because, you know, it's the wings giving him the lift, not his uh, ability to defy physics. So then with those wings, they're like, well, we got wings. So what if we had little legs pop out too to for better traversal? And that eventually led to Kazooie. And that whole character was created. So they decided to call it Banjo-Kazoo. But the word kazoo has like some trademark issues. So Banjo-Kazooie was born. Wow.
1: Of all and names then, uh, have trademark issues.
0: <laughs> so then shortly after that, they were able... They actually got to play an early build of Super Mario 64, And that was kind of their inspiration for this game was just kind of build it to have, you know, modular levels, a hub world, collecting, you know, things inside of that level and progressing Mm -hmm. from there. So there you go there. That is how we got from Project Dream to uh, the Banjo-Kazooie that we know and love today.
1: Yeah, that's quite a history. It's amazing how much things change over that span of time. But by the time all those changes were uh, said and done, Rare just basically said, you know what? We've got the graphical capabilities. This this game, this original game is kind of outdated. So let's mm-hmm. let's turn it into something modern and new and crazy. I mean, if you've played Banjo-Kazooie, you'll know how quirky it is. It's it's so funny. It um, is. <laughs> and there's also a lot of inspiration from uh, well, not only Super Mario 64, but um, Walt Disney. The developers said that... Oh, yeah. uh, yeah. They wanted to go along that same, uh, Disney aesthetic where mm-hmm. everything's cute and funny and whimsical to keep the attention of the kids, but also uh, quirky enough to hold the attention of older players, which is exactly what it did. I think it kind of yeah. appeals to basically everyone. I mean, everything <laughs> either talks or has eyes or oh, I love it. something like that. And it's, it's a funny game. It, it, it is. really is funny. Um, yeah it's amazing how much that as uh has changed and there's also um a couple of other <laughs> things about this game that are slightly interesting is um so this whole this whole game takes place inside of gruntilda's lair and gruntilda is the main antagonist she's the evil mm-hmm. witch um she was based off of <laughs> a character named Grotbags from a british tv show called Grotbags bags uh, oh, in the early really? 90s yeah and it's a kids show and you've got this uh, main character Grotbags bags in her uh, in her castle or whatever and she's like a kind of a mean rotund old witch who uh-huh. is green i just
0: looked her up <laughs> yeah. this is a this is live action too this is not a cartoon.
1: Yeah, it's Grandma. it's an actual show from the early nineties and that's what she's based off of and I watched a couple episodes of it. It's kind of goofy. It's <laughs> really familiar. Anyway, go it, on. Um and the oh, main She's theme. uh she's Professor Sprout from Harry Potter. Is she really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow, everything goes full circle. <laughs> from <laughs> a witch so. to a witch. <laughs> 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 um but uh, also the theme that's stuck in everyone's heads that plays in grunty's castle or mm-hmm. lair i should say is uh, based on this kid's song from 1907 called the teddy bears picnic really yeah and it's about these teddy bears who go for a picnic and it's got kind of this sort of mysterious suspenseful vibe to it but the but the chords are basically the same and huh. the beat of it's the same too. So listen to that sometime. Um, see if I can. Find if you that. ever, <laughs> if you Maybe ever I'll have,
0: patch it in if I can find it.
1: If you go down in the woods today, you're sure of a big surprise. If you go down in the woods today, you'd better go in disguise. For every bear that. But there was will gather there for certain because today's the day the teddy have their picnic. So that's uh th- that's the deal with Grunty's lair. But um this game is centered around Banjo and Kazooie obviously and they're spending the whole time trying to rescue their sister or Banjo's sister named Tootie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, she gets captured by Gruntilda because she's, uh, she, she's got beauty and Gruntilda wants to be beautiful and she's hideous. So she's planning to steal the beauty from Tootie. That was a strange rhyme right there. (laughs) Yeah. Beauty from Tootie.
0: (laughs) But yeah, it's a straight up Snow White ripoff. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Heavy Disney influence there.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. There's definitely Disney influence. So you start out in Spiral Mountain, which is the home area. Kind of, it's not really the hub world, but mm-hmm. you learn all your moves there and you get all your tutorials there. And then you enter Gruntilda's Lair, which, I'm <laughs> ting, is where you go <laughs> and find all the. <laughs> Did you just make these... a pun? What was that? I, I just made a terrible pun. Which I, d- I, I said which. Wanna... Oh come on. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. That, that was that was not even forced, but it was terrible. Well, but, hold uh, on, Jake. Before, yeah, before we get into the game itself. No, um, Into Gruntilda's lair.
0: Yeah, hold on. Do you have something else you need to say about that before the actual game? Or oh no,
1: just... I I have said my piece. I have started oh. on. Uh... <laughs>
0: okay, let's let's back up. So first, right. uh, Do you do you know any uh, Japanese differences with this game?
1: Japanese differences? Uh, not that I know of. I have seen it on sale here, and it's exciting because it's got like fun art that's different from the American mm-hmm. version. And on top of that, I think it was really successful here because it's based on uh, japanese style adventure games yeah um so yeah it, it's it's on sale here there's no uh differences that i know of though when i played it so the main one that i came across is with gruntilda's speech so
0: throughout the english version grunty is constantly rhyming everything she says mm-hmm. is in rhyme and yep. in japanese rhyming is not really a thing because <laughs> in Japanese you rhyme much more often like just words in Japanese rhyme and so it's not like poetry as it is here it's just a common thing uh, yeah. you're rhyming all the time on accident and so because of that grunty rhyming would be lost right um so <laughs> what they actually did i mean that's part of why the japanese haiku exists it's a you know a different mm-hmm. form of poetry and yeah. so they change her speech pattern quite a bit in Japanese where they add some haikus and they also just try to make her speak more of like a, an old woman where she has uh, some vocal tics that she does like at the end of sentences and she'll hold out um, like vowels longer in, in certain areas as well. But they, just, they had to make a lot of effort to make her speech unique compared to <laughs> everyone else in, in the American version that's interesting that's something i did not notice but uh that's cool (laughs) so jake when when do you think of this game what's like the core memories that that come to mind
1: the core memories that come to mind are probably uh me never being able to get past stuff and always either watching you or hearing stories from you about how you (laughs) beat this game and how you got so far i had the hardest time with this game i loved it to death but it was hard for me some reason oh, and you always seem stuff. to beat it oh, yeah <laughs> you always seem to beat it and get really far so i beat
0: most of it but back on the n64 i was never able to beat gruntilda my hmm. mom beat gruntilda for me yeah
1: <laughs> you told I, me that i remember she, that
0: she must have been good because Grunty's a hard boss so yeah very recently when when banjo was added to smash i was having this some major banjo kazooie nostalgia and i replayed it on xbox live hmm. and that game holds up super well like i highly recommend go download that on xbox and it's on game pass and they it's like been very well adapted to our modern tvs to an xbox controller it looks good and i'd say after the first level like you you forget you're playing an old game just like you're just back to enjoying it um hmm. there's a few differences in it i really liked they did update like you know when when characters are talking it shows like their little face in the speech bubble down at the bottom or the top of the screen you know how is that <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> um, so that they updated those faces so they were like their hd versions and those look nicer. But more importantly, one of the biggest flaws with the original is you had to collect musical notes in each level. The musical notes hmm. would then open doors in Grunty's lair. And if you ever left the level, all the musical notes would be back when you went back into the level. And you wouldn't... <laughs> so let's say you're one short of opening a door. And so you're going to go back into a level. You then have to collect every note again and then it doesn't start counting towards the door until you have more than what you had the last time you were in there Mm, and that was ridiculous mm. um i remember that so now in the xbox version it remembers all your musical notes so you get them once you don't have to get them again same with gene joe's those once you get them they they don't respawn when you re-enter the level they're they're (laughs) gone for good but anyway so just one thing I wanted to say before I, I got into it was I remember seeing the commercials for this on TV, and I don't remember exactly what the commercial was, but I remember it being something like, oh, when when pigs fly, and then the the voiceover's like, pigs don't fly, but bears do, and then it just goes into <laughs> this like over-the-top commercial advertising this game. It's just like, man, that was the 90s. The 90s were so... In your face, just like
1: bears fly, and, and uh, very colorful too, very neon, colory, and exciting yeah. and just cheesy.
0: Got to yell at you and talk to the hand, you know. That
1: was the '90s. Oh yeah, <laughs> All not right. wrong there.
0: Prior to me interrupting you, you start the game in Spiral Mountain.
1: Yes, yes. I was getting extremely excited. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was like, I want to start talking about this game. Okay. So we can skip over
0: Spiral Mountain. It's a tutorial level. You meet Bottles, the mole. He's got big glasses. He's a nerd. He's got bottle cap glasses. He does. (laughs) He teaches you the game. And then in classic rare fashion, we got the villain as a big giant head. in the, (laughs) Just like, you know, Whiz Pig in his giant head and Diddy Kong racing we got yeah. Gruntilda's <laughs> castle lair that is also her face. So you walk anyway. in through her mouth. Yep. So you go in there and where do we go from there, Jake?
1: Uh well when you go from there you see this gigantic picture of Gruntilda and you hear her cackle in the background <laughs> as you always do. <laughs> But from there, uh, and this happens for every level, you have to unlock each level by filling in every level's portrait throughout the, um Throughout the lair, which has a theme, by the way, the whole place is themed on based around the different levels as you travel through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to collect these things called jiggies. And this is th- what gets you through the game. They're golden jigsaw pieces. And every time you collect one in the level, which usually each one is a challenge to collect, you can use those pieces to um fill in the uh jiggy gaps in each mm-hmm. of the um portraits for the levels. So the first jiggy you get, you can use it to fill in the um, a portrait of mumbo's mountain which is level one mm-hmm. and that introduces you to one of the other supporting characters of this game mumbo jumbo mumbo um, jumbo mumbo jumbo who is a shaman that can transform you into different things that help you beat the game better like basically different creatures and such so mumbo's mountain he is the theme of this uh of this level mumbo is who's a great guy i love mumbo jumbo <laughs> um <laughs> so <laughs> fun story go ahead go ahead
0: i so you know being a kid seeing the commercials for this i remember seeing mumbo in the commercials and just like oh guy with a skeleton head clearly a bad guy and (laughs) i remember playing this in the kiosk at target and i wandered into his hut and see him sitting in the chair i'm just like oh nope 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 and just like ran out of there as quick (laughs) as i could it's like i'm not being trapped in this house with a skeleton head that clearly (laughs) evil mumbo but i was wrong
1: He's just a shaman, a very quirky one who's, who's a fun guy. He is. <laughs> but uh, that's Mumbo's Mountain for you. And that's where you get to figure out what it's like to collect all the Jinjos, which eventually give you a Jiggy and beat other creatures to give you Jiggies and do everything else that you do uh, in the levels. Um, Cameron, what's your favorite Jiggy in this level?
0: that's tough this it was tough for me to figure out my favorite jiggies throughout this whole game yeah um especially cuz i think it's mumbo's mountain is kind of very well compartmentalized to yeah. where you've got you know mumbo's area you've got the termite mound you've got congo is that his name the, yeah, the gorilla yep. anyway that's congo but um specifically so i will say my favorite is climbing to the top of the termite mound just because oh, yeah. it's generally the last one I do. And it's just uh-huh. kind of exciting to to realize, oh, I'm not just a bear throughout this game. I can get transformed into other things. And so yeah. getting to be a termite and climb to the very top just made me happy.
1: Yeah. That, I almost put that as my favorite, too. That was fun. Being the termite and you can climb up the steep walls and such. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my favorite Jiggy is uh, beating Congo, actually. And okay. giving Chimpy, that little cute chimpanzee, the oranges. Yeah. So... That was always fun. Like, eh, big gorilla, I'm a little bear. I can beat you. Yep, I'm firing <laughs> eggs at you. Heck yeah. Mumbo's Mountain. And it's here... Or, yeah, it's here you learn the um, walk that Kazooie can do. Talon Which gets trot. you to the second... Yeah, yeah, the Talon Trot. That's right. Which lets you go up uh, steep rampways. And this lets you get to the next section of the game after you beat Mumbo's Mountain, up that steep rampway in Gruntilda's Lair, to level two, which is clanker's cavern no uh no sorry treasure trove cove you're right i'm so sorry oh my goodness (laughs) yeah the Um, pirate level love this level how could i have missed it but treasure trove cove yeah Um, so
0: uh i'll I'll take this one this one's uh it's just a a fun level it's got a a little shipwreck in the middle and then kind of a, a beachy theme all the way around and some great music okay i guess i'll just I'm going to repeat myself a lot throughout this. I'm going to say this level has great music. Oh, this level has great music. This whole game is such good music. (laughs) Rare was so good when it came to compositions. Um, Agreed. Anyway, this has got got a giant hermit crab. It's got some buried treasure. And it's got a crying hippo um, and a lighthouse on top. (laughs) So what would you say is your favorite?
1: Uh my favorite jiggy here is um this is the one where you can get the gold um for what's his name what's the captain's name C- uh, Captain Blubber that's right yes. you get the gold for him <laughs> yeah this poor guy is crying. <laughs> <laughs> and when he talks, he burps. Yes, he does. <laughs> but I just felt so bad for him. He, oh, his, his pitiful cry, his dramatic cry. And you get the gold from him out of his wrecked ship. Uh-huh. And that, that just made me feel satisfied. So, Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll say, I thought about this one, especially because I love the just the gold models themselves. They're just like so yeah. gold and, and satisfying to toss down in front of him. Yeah, um, yeah. However... This has bad camera angles for swimming underwater. Oh, oh, yeah! Especially if you're trying to get all the musical notes in there. And I think, especially as a kid, I cannot handle the the coordination of swimming in N64 games very well. Hmm. Um, so I considered that one, but yeah, that ultimately is why not. So I ended up going with the the treasure hunt, where you have to fly over around the perimeter of the whole island. Uh, oh. pe- Ground slamming onto the X's and then eventually finding the treasure chest. Just because it's fun to to fly around the whole level and and see it
1: all, take it in. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That was a good one. I forgot about that one, but I can picture it clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, awesome. All right, now Uh,
0: guide us to the next
1: level. The next level that you go to is the one that I mentioned earlier, Clanker's Cavern. Uh, not one of my favorite levels. This is a very sad level because it takes <laughs> place in a gigantic, rusty cesspool, almost like a sewer or something. Yeah. And the star of this level is Clanker, who's this gigantic metal fish. Shark. Who, shark. Yeah, you're right. He's a shark. Who expresses his sadness for being Grunty's garbage disposal. And I uh-huh. just felt so bad for this guy. Oh, he's, trapped, he's trapped in this cavern and you can't do anything about it you have to swim through and around him beating all these nasty things that are taking this place up but um yeah that's basically it it's a giant sewer with this giant shark named clanker who mm-hmm. expresses his sadness and you feel <laughs> sad for him as well um a new adventure but,
0: inside of him to, yeah to find you face. do
1: that's true you do venture inside of him and you have to knock one of his nasty teeth out um but i'd say my favorite uh jiggy from this level is when you beat the mutie snippets who were oh, like okay. the mutant snippets the, yeah. the crabs um those things used to just make me mad because they were <laughs> like aggressive they so weren't. when i beat them and you got the jiggy it just felt good so yeah, yeah that's actually, cavern <laughs> so i said the what about same yours thing. I, I said oh, really?
0: the, the mutant snippets um so i'll i'll elaborate on something else so this level it, it used to be the worst. I hated it. But that, now that I'm like coordinated enough to handle swimming, it's not so bad. I know yeah. the freeing clanker used to be so hard. We have to go all the way down, swim through his key ring three times. Mm-hmm. Then there's also a ring of musical notes to collect and there's a Jinjo. But then mm-hmm. there's also the air bubbles from that fish. I assume his name's Loop or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that can sustain you while you're down there. But uh, most memorable is the first time I enter this level. You swim through that pipe, and then it pauses as Clinker talks to you. And basically, Clinker just kind of surprises you and takes up the whole screen. And it's like, oh my (laughs) gosh, I'm in the water with a giant shark. And it it was terrifying. And I hear you, man. He's a good shark. He is. He had to help.
1: Yes, he's he's a very good shark. But. Yeah, not not much memorable in this level for me. It was just sad and gloomy, and that's what I feel <laughs> about it. <laughs> All right, so you leave that, and where do you go next, Cameron?
0: So the next level is Bubble Gloop Swamp. And Ribbit. Ribbit. Bubble Gloop Swamp is uh, exactly as it sounds. It's a gloopy swamp area. It's kind of segmented into a few different sections where we have this giant alligator-type statue where you can go Mm -hmm. inside once you've been transformed into an alligator yourself Mm -hmm. and you can go in and have a competition uh, and there you've got a giant turtle where you've got to pound jump his cold feet and then you can go inside his mouth uh, from there (laughs) but then other than that it's just kind of like platforming around avoiding piranha infested water Mm -hmm. and so on pretty pretty straightforward so what Great is music, what stands out to you here what's your favorite uh
1: my favorite jiggy for for this one or at least my favorite part in general is when you play simon with those musical turtles yeah <laughs> yeah so that's a lot of fun and we used to play that together to try and beat it do you remember oh, yeah. that
0: because <laughs> our memory was so bad we have yeah. to like, write it down to figure it out
1: that was it but yeah. um yeah same for you yep i said the same thing man we should have done
0: this for our top five so yeah, we, we really should
1: have. <laughs> <laughs> this will be our honorary top eight or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay.
0: Yeah, it, it's a decent level. Uh, again, I like any level, especially when you get to turn into a creature, an oh, alligator. Yeah. And fun fact, like this alligator is the only creature you turn into where you can still attack because you can bite. But oh yeah, no other th- things you turn into can attack. Okay. You just in this game at least avoid.
1: yeah in this game for sure Okay, I love the music in this level
0: love the music in all levels man they're all good
1: yeah you're right but this <laughs> this level stands out particularly well for some reason I don't know <laughs> um, right, take us to our next level the next level that you go to is called Freeze Easy Peak and this is a gigantic snow slash winter themed level with a yeah. gigantic snowman in the middle, a massive snowman that you get to climb up, and a beautiful, serene sense of winter, and um, you've got it's this giant Christmas tree. Yeah, very Christmas. Yeah, uh, very Christmassy. You've got this giant Christmas tree too, uh, as well. Lots of presents that jump around with eyes, uh-huh. and you've got um, you've got that bear. What's his name? Boggy. That you, Boggy. That's right. You have to <laughs> knock the <laughs> sled out of him, and then you've got these horrible snowmen that constantly throw these yeah they they throw these snowballs at you and they're bad because like it's predictive throwing aiming so if you're heading one direction it'll hit you as you're as you're going like in that direction so by the time Mm -hmm. you get there it'll land on you and that's what makes them really annoying
0: it's so unfair with how well they lead you in this
1: yeah it's so true uh, but this level's really exciting to just explore and fly around. This level is yeah. really good for flying. So my favorite Jiggy from this level, or the part that stands out to me the most, is when you have to uh, save the Twinklies, uh, uh-huh. the little Christmas lights. They have to get to the Christmas tree um, out of the box, but you have to save them from the Twinkly Munchers. Uh-huh. So it's almost like Whack-A-Mole. Um, it is. As it's tough, dude. It is, and it's annoying, but... It, it makes you feel really good when you when you beat it. Mhm. So um I, re- yeah, when I just replayed part.
0: this. I struggled with that one. I had to do it quite a few times cuz it, it's a fixed camera angle as you try to kill those munchies and yeah. not not all your attacks would register with them. It's not consistent. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't roll into them very consistently. I had to keep doing the <laughs> you know where you like <laughs> jump and hit B and yep, take him yep. out. And then there's, luckily, you can figure out their pattern and, like, their respawn time to make sure no Twinklies are getting eaten. But anyway, yeah, this has got some good ones. It's got a good race against Boggy um, Mm. on the sled. Um, But to to backtrack, I'd say my favorite one is just saving Boggy because there's a sled (laughs) on the snowman's scarf. So you jump on the sled and ramp off, and then that hits him in the stomach and it causes him to cough out his the jiggy that he has swallowed <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whoa! <Wahey. laughs>
0: yeah and you also I also like finding the presents for his kids just it's so wholesome they're all crying and then you give them presents and then they're happy
1: yes and they're all excited and jumping up and down and stuff <laughs> so freeze easy peek let's uh yeah don't get too frozen on that level Yeah, um, not a bad level nope not at all it's a good level all right so next level cameron give us the lowdown
0: all right the next level is Gobi's valley so this i'd say is probably my least favorite in the mm-hmm. game um it's just you know it's it's desert pyramid type aesthetic yeah. uh, sinking sand mummies all the cliches the good and stuff I'd say it kind of centers around, there's a camel named Gobi, and all you do is be terrible to him and pound jump on his back to (laughs) to take his water from his hump. Um, (laughs) It's just so mean. You're not wrong. (laughs) So I remember as a kid, I remember hating this level and feeling like it took me forever to play through it. Mm. Uh, That was not the case when I just played through the game again. I was like, oh, this level's not as big as I remember it being. And yeah. I I, did, I played through all 10 Jiggies, all 100 notes like in, in one playthrough without ever leaving. It's was like, oh, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'd say I kind of have two favorites in here. Uh, one being where you have to like run through the maze um, while the timer's counting down. And then just the matching game inside one of the pyramids where you have to like pound jump on tiles and they oh. flip over and the, the memory and matching timed. game and there's a mummy in there that's going after you
1: yeah yeah okay yeah I, I gotta say cameron to be honest this is this might be my favorite level of the game oh really just because i love ancient egypt always have and i love okay. the ancient egypt aesthetic uh, and on top of that there's just something exciting for me about going in the pyramids and stuff but um yeah i really enjoyed this level and i think my favorite part of this was uh the snake charmer bit where you had to oh, climb yeah. the snake and get the jiggy on top of the snake as it rose out of the basket
0: yeah and you gotta That's, you gotta poop eggs into the,
1: yep. the bowl as it's spinning around the basket right yeah it spins faster each time you gotta poop it out just right so yeah er, <laughs> that, that was my favorite part of this level so climbing the snake
0: yeah yeah it's not too bad i guess
1: yeah and that's goby's valley so
0: take us to our next level jake
1: Ooh, the next level is the scariest level in the game mad monster mansion and this level used to freak me out when i was a kid
0: oh yeah it's definitely it eerie. so
1: hard it is it is eerie mad monster mansion is a haunted house theme level it's yeah. a massive uh, mansion with a graveyard and little um hedge little, maze. Um, like a hedge maze, yeah, (laughs) and uh, little sheds and stuff, all themed around spooky stuff, lots of ghosts too, Mm -hmm. so um, there's a lot to do in the mansion itself, and that's basically half the level, but you get to turn into a pumpkin in this level, which is fun because you can jump up, and when you land, it makes a squishing noise there's also a bit where you can (laughs) get flushed down the toilet as a pumpkin, it's just goofy I love it It (laughs) is. (laughs) so, my favorite jiggy from this level is when you have to play with the ghost called Mozart, which has the giant organ, and you have uh-huh. to um, play back the notes that Mozart plays. And I just liked it because you get to play this gigantic organ by smashing each of the keys, or yeah, uh, and you get a jiggy from it. So that was my so favorite part of the level.
0: I like that part too, especially because he yeah, had giant piano, giant organ. Yeah. Um, however, it's like it's stupid easy. oh yeah yeah to like mimic him and when i replayed it i was just like oh that that's it it's i just i got a jiggy surely i thought it'd go on longer than that and and get more Uh difficult but it it doesn't well so i will say my favorite uh jiggy in here is becoming the pumpkin and flushing yourself down the toilet (laughs) (laughs) that part's funny (laughs) yeah then you go through the pipes and you find a, a jiggy down there yep shoot what was i gonna say
1: that's mad monster mansion Creepy level. Okay, so I remember what I was gonna say. Is just,
0: I thought it was really cool playing this level. Just the last time I recently played because. Oh yeah. As as a kid, like I've restarted this game, countless times, but Mm -hmm. generally, when we dig the N64 back out, we would only play it for like a day, Mm -hmm. before we we put it away again. So in a day, I would generally get no further than Bubble Gloop Swamp. Oh. And so this past. Playthrough just this year or past year in 2019 was the first time I'd been in Mad Monster Mansion since the first and only time I ever played through the game. So it was oh, just wow. really cool to be in there, say 20 years later, and still like remember cool. things, but also kind of experiencing things for the first time again because it's like, oh yeah, I forgot this was here. And it's just exciting.
1: That is pretty cool. Wow. Well, I'm glad that you got to have that nostalgia trip. It's <laughs> <That's> neat. <laughs>
0: so we leave that level and we head to Rusty Bucket Bay, which kind of revolves around just a <laughs> a rusty bucket bay. <laughs> it's it's a giant. I don't know what what kind of ship would you call it? Uh, it's okay. like a cargo ship, almost. Yeah, sure. So it's like a cargo ship floating and this very oily water um (laughs) kudos to rare like the the effects of that oily water look really good
1: yeah they're spot on
0: yeah but then we got like some warehouses and things around the perimeter and and such it's definitely one of the harder levels like it's got the one jiggy where you've got to stop the propellers at the rear end of the ship by doing yeah. some pretty quick platforming and then swimming to get out there, I remember that yeah, was yeah. that was the hard one. Like that was the last jiggy we ever got. Like, okay, that was our hundredth jiggy because it, it took us forever to get that. Okay, but what's your favorite?
1: Uh, my favorite from this level is um, you have to save the dolphin from underneath the uh, <laughs> anchor. Yep, same here. Just a feel good jiggy. Awesome. Yeah, we really should have done this for our top <laughs> five. <laughs> Yeah. So you save the dolphin and get the jiggy. It's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. This is one of the more serious levels. It's less quirky and cutesy and animated. It's more serious, like more lifelike.
0: Yeah. I do like the enemies in it. There's just like these little goblins and sailor outfits. <laughs> and they go, ahoy! It's like, it's as they chase yeah.
1: after you. <laughs> when they see you, right? That's yep. funny.
0: Go ahead, Jake, and take us to the best level in the game
1: best level in the game is Click Clock Wood, this is the level that teases you at the very beginning of it because of the uh, unfinishable portrait but this this level oh, is in a giant woods or giant forest, hence the wood, but what's really cool about it is you play through the same woods um, through four seasons so mm-hmm. you'll start out with spring then you'll go to summer, and then fall and ultimately winter, it's the same thing Same level, but just with different themes based around what uh, season it is, Mm -hmm. and it's cool because um, you know you get to go through the life cycle of like this eagle, and you get to see how the eagle gets raised, which you raise yourself, and then there's these squirrels that you get to follow their life cycle over the seasons. And I'd say my favorite part is Mumbo. Uh, Each season, he's got a different thing going on. Uh So like, spring is the only uh, part of the uh, of the forest where you can use mumbo and he'll transform you into a bee and the bee can fly mm-hmm. infinitely which is really really fun but yes. um uh, when summer comes around he's in there fanning himself saying it's too hot to um <laughs> <laughs> saying just it's lantern. too hot to transform yeah basically and then uh, fall comes around and his hut's filled with leaves so he's busy raking <laughs> and then when winter comes around he's not even there there's he's just a bee yeah, there is a beehive that tells you that Mumbo's on vacation. So um, that whole season thing is really the the neatest part of this level. It is um, so cool. I gotta and say, my
0: favorite. Oh, go ahead. Just the way the music changes each season, where it's yeah, it's all it's the same music, but then like in just a, a different uh, arrangement, kind of like each time uh-huh. you go in there,
1: and it's You're just, right. It's so beautiful to hear the same song four different ways it's true it's the same song just in different ways it's, it's really awesome so uh my favorite part of this level is when you get to raise the eagle eerie, Mm-hmm. starting from spring all the way through winter so you get a bunch of caterpillars for him and each season he grows bigger and bigger ultimately when he flies away and you never see him again and he gives you a jiggy so <laughs> eerie the eagle it's uh yeah. it's dramatic you get so connected to him over the seasons <laughs>
0: Yeah, I like that. My favorite would be uh, interacting with the beaver. So when you first enter the level in spring, Mm. the creek is full of water. And Mm. he's there just swimming in the water. He's like, "Ah, I can't get into my house. And you look underwater and there's a rock blocking the tunnel to his house. Mm -hmm. So you can't do anything there. And you come back in the summer and then the creek has dried up and so you can break the rock. And so he's like, oh, <laughs> thank you. You let me in. Um, and the, so he goes into his house, but the tunnel goes up at yeah. too steep of an angle so you can't follow him in in the summer and it's <laughs> like, oh, come on. But then if you come back in the fall, then you can swim down into it and up into his house and uh, get your jiggy. And then just for fun, if you come back in the winter there's a hole in the ice it's pretty far away so you have to take a long risky swim but mm-hmm. you can swim under the ice and then up into his house and he's just like shocked that you're there and there's a few <laughs> collectibles uh inside there cool. but it's
1: just it's, it's super cool i like it that is cool i forgot about that part that's neat <laughs> so click luck wood great level so before Best we theme. go
0: on to the the end game things i want to just talk a bit about gruntilda's lair in general Mm. so her lair is awesome it is such a good hub world to this Mm -hmm. game where it's like it's just so well spaced out and sized Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's got a very uh catchy i don't know if catchy's but the word but a theme that gets stuck in your head for sure and then dynamically changes as you get near certain levels where Mm -hmm. her theme takes on like a piratey jig as you get to treasure trove cove or yeah uh you know or a, a wintery feel as you get closer to freeze peak and
1: yeah and it's seamless too it just blends right into the song which keeps playing. it's
0: perfect and then as you explore you also find gruntilda's sister who's uh, a good witch of course what's her name i forget her name's brentilda brentilda uh oh what's their do you know what their last name is Uh, no, what is it?
1: It's Winky Bunyan. Winky Bunyan, that's right. (laughs) Anyway, so,
0: you find her her sister, and she tells you facts about Grunty. Um, Usually always three facts, and you have to remember them, because they're going to come up in this next part, which is Grunty's Furnace Fun. (laughs) The game
1: show, the nasty game show that's really annoying. (laughs) So technically, this <laughs> oh, is. Oh gosh,
0: <laughs> it's kind of like there's two endings to this game. So this is the first ending. Mm-hmm. Is you come to Grunty's furnace fun, and a lot of people hate it, this part of the game. It's it gets the worst rap of the game. Is you have to go <laughs> through this this board. It's basically a board game where mm-hmm. you choose your route, and each square that you come across is going to be some sort of challenge, and a lot of it is trivia about the game itself so like mm-hmm. characters you come across challenges you accomplished some are questions about grunty uh, which you need to have remembered what her sister told you to get those right yeah uh, and then others are mini games where they're basically just like a different version of a challenge you already did in the game um
1: i think that's it yeah that's basically think... it and but... if you mess up then <laughs> what happens <laughs> yeah, if you die on that, you you start
0: the whole thing over again. You fall in the and, lava. Yeah, you fall in the lava, and you got to start it over. And I remember we were stuck on this forever when we played this. Yeah,
1: And this was back before you could get online and just look up the answers.
0: Well, even then, it's on a timer, so you don't really have time to look them up. You really just got to know them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. But when you get through you win 2d back she's the number one prize that's right second prize is a washing machine and then third prize is a giant plushie of gruntilda so-, <laughs> so
0: so kudos to grunty for actually giving you 2d for winning <laughs> she didn't have to okay. do that
1: yeah i mean what happens after this that's the problem
0: <laughs> all right so you go you save 2d and then you're like partying back at your house with 2d and bottles and then she's just like hey uh you didn't beat grunty yet so why are you celebrating? You need dun, to get back dun, in there dun. and beat her.
1: So she then that away. leads us
0: to the final boss where uh, you come to like the, the very base of her tower and her cauldron dingpot is there and he's, he's been feeling abused and he's like, all right, I'm just going to help <laughs> you. I'm going to launch you to the top of the tower. But before you do that, if you've collected enough musical notes, there's more musical note doors to open in there where you can double your eggs, double your hearts, or your your feathers, mm-hmm. and then if there's one door where you have to have 98 jiggies to open it, and if you open that with 98 jiggies, you get basically double health, and yeah. you really mm-hmm. need it for this fight.
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: So, can you tell us a bit about this
1: fight? This is the final boss fight where you go to the very top of her tower and you fight Gruntilda herself. And this battle takes a while and it's in different stages too. Um, uh-huh. She's got a lot of health and she deals some damage. So what'll happen is she's constantly... Well, she starts out flying down on her broomstick and it'll eventually stall and you have to snap her with kazooie's beak or whatever <laughs> and sometimes after you hit her she'll throw fireballs at you which hone in on you sometimes yeah just um, like those snowballs yeah it's it's horrible and after you do that she'll start throwing these uh magic balls at you that'll cause a nasty bit of damage and the only way that you can dodge those is if you have yellow feathers right so if you don't have any you're gonna get hit and you're screwed well, luckily
0: they spawn <laughs> around the
1: perimeter but that's true that's true I gotta say this is one of the hardest boss fights i've ever gone up against on my time on the n64 absolutely um, but eventually after you cause some damage on her she puts a shield around her and the only way to break that is with the help of the jinjos mm-hmm. and it's the most exciting part because you have to um, shoot some eggs into each of the statues And as you do that, uh, the giant Jinjo statue will come up from the very center. The Jinjinator. Yeah, the Jinjinator will uh, cause some nasty damage on her and ultimately beat her. But it's cool because they added this as Banjo's final smash. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And it's really cool because it's the same thing, just sped up. Mm -hmm. But it's really satisfying because the Jinjinator just causes a bunch of damage and starts smashing into Gruntilda. And eventually she'll fall off her broomstick all the way down her tower, and she'll land in the ground with a very stereotypical like shape of her that lands <laughs> into the ground, yeah. and then a rock falls down falls on top of it. So, you have defeated Gruntilda, and she's stuck underground underneath yeah, a rock. It's all, it's all <laughs> Until Banjo-Tooie. Until Banjo-Tooie. But after the game, uh, you can go back to this area, and the rock is moving up and down like she's trying to get up from underneath it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... A bit of an epilogue thing right there but each time yeah. you travel back into Dingpot, you can't fight her again you'll just be um, he just spits you back out uh no he he'll he won't spit you back out he'll he'll send you to the uh credit screen oh he does oh yeah so you can see the credits again or um oh. the, the post game sequence the beach in which, scene in yeah, the beach scene in which uh mumbo will show you some secrets that you can go back and get that never really caught on um the secrets are undoable because Rare scrapped the idea of figuring out uh, or showing you how to figure out the secrets in Banjo-Tooie, but that's that's an entirely different thing. Do you remember that, Cameron? Are you talking about Stop and Swap? Stop and Swap. That's that's what they uh, were okay. going for. So I'll, I'll fill you in real quick. So Stop and Swap,
0: listener, um, basically Rare figured out that you could pull a cartridge out of the N64 and the N64 would still keep it in its in its Ram for a few seconds before it like dumped the Ram. And so they were trying to come up with these ideas where it's like, you could pull out your cartridge for Banjo Kazooie and then pop in Banjo Tooie. And it would use that to like for unlockables. But, uh, Nintendo didn't go for it. We basically rare planned on it working until the last, basically before launch. And then they told Nintendo and they're like, no, it's not going to work. Um, we've got some hardware upgrades that are out now to where like, it it's not the ram is not going to hang on very long like maybe one or two seconds and we don't want people like breaking their cartridges trying to change them out really quick so they ended up yeah. just
1: scrapping it yeah so there's secrets in banjo kazooie that are when you get them eventually they don't do anything mm. so that was all a product of this supposed stop and swap idea so <laughs> yeah things like the big key that's in um freeze peak freeze easy peak if you eventually get it it doesn't do anything Hmm. so yeah just more of (laughs) stuff you can do but there's no point in doing it yeah so
0: uh, let me backtrack to actually fighting grunty Mm. so we were stuck on this at home for what felt like months we're just like every day we're trying to beat her and you really have to memorize her patterns. Like once you get her patterns down and realizing when to use the invincibility feathers, like it's Mm. not too bad, but it takes some time. And I remember there was quite a few times where I got to like trying to fire in the last couple eggs into the gene generator and Mm -hmm. dying and how that would take me like a day to get to that point. (laughs) It was just so hard. And I remember my mom like ran, ran up and, and woke me up like, super late <laughs> at night she's like oh i just i just beat it you have to come see and i remember running downstairs trying to and just like just in time to catch the end credits of the game it's like oh so i don't even know how this game ends and then, <laughs> so when i just replayed it on xbox i thought okay i'm good i'm coordinated i'm gonna beat her and it's gonna be so easy i'm gonna laugh mm-hmm. at past cameron nope she's still hard and i ended up having to leave because i hadn't I didn't have the 98 Jiggies for the double health, so it's like, all right, I'm going to go back oh, and, and get the double health. But yeah, once you've memorized your patterns, it's not too bad. But the the thing that really sucks about this fight is that it is a very, very combat-heavy fight when the game itself does not train you to play the game this way. I mean, mm. it's a simple platformer with you know some simple firing eggs without anything being firing, fired back at you. So... Yeah fighting grunty is it's a completely different metagame in (laughs) itself you know
1: yeah trial and error really
0: yeah but i mean because so so little this game has you like attacking and dodging it's just it's so much more chill Mm -hmm. and then this gets here and
1: it's way different yeah that's rather true
0: that's why it's so tough (laughs) it is but it's so good it's just let's let's summarize banjo kazooie is one of the most fun, colorful, musical, best looking games on the N64.
1: And yes.
0: again, go play it on Xbox because it holds up so well. Like mm. when Banjo came out on Smash, I was like, oh man, he looks good. Like I want a remake of Banjo Kazooie. I want to yeah. play this remake. But then I went and played it again and I was like, you know what? I'm i'm happy like i don't need to play a remake like this was still uh-huh. fun as it is yeah
1: even if you break out your old n64 again and play it, it's still fun on the n64 it it has aged very well i would agree it has. <laughs> all
0: right so there it is banjo kazooie <laughs>
1: pure gold pure yes jiggy gold pure golden jiggy pure <laughs> right. rare gold oh okay a rare game.
0: let's let's move on let's move on (laughs) so let's do our top fives jake and i both made a top five list of our favorite npcs in this game because it's got lots of silly characters uh to talk about so uh on our list we get one point for everything we have in common three points if it is in the same position on that list so let's kick it off jake what is your number five favorite npc
1: the number five favorite NPC of Banjo-Kazooie is Ruby the Snake Charmer. <laughs> oh, okay. So is that... Do you remember him?
0: Yeah. But you just yeah. you see him so briefly that I kind of forgot. And you said that was your favorite Jiggy in that level. So that yeah. makes sense.
1: I'd say his uh, he's funny because not only does he look funny and he gives you a Jiggy basically, but his speech is the coolest. It's... <laughs> i don't know it's almost like modeled to sound like uh to sound like an actual language but it's not uh, okay. it's just it's just noises like every other character's is but that's why i like ruby i just have fond memories of <laughs> ruby talking
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah, he's cool. my, num- my number five is boggy the polar bear Ooh, boggy
1: cool beans he's not on <laughs> oh. my list but Boggy's right. awesome
0: yeah i like boggy because uh, i like all his sounds he makes so, <laughs> and i love that you get a jiggy from pounding him in the stomach with a sled and then you get to go back down, and wasn't he he was bogged down and then you get to
1: go back and, and race him through an obstacle course which is fun awesome possum or in this case awesome polar bear uh my number four <laughs> is um brentilda grunty's sister oh why until because she's a calming presence uh, she's like a she's like a fairy godmother complete is. polar opposite of um of Gruntilda. so she helps you with the with the um facts about Gruntilda. and on top of that some of sure. them are just flat out hilarious because every they time are. she mentions it one of like one of the gross things about Gruntilda, it shakes the text shakes yes and well, it's cause funny it's, it's shaking because that's the part you need to remember which i yeah. like i like that it does that for you <laughs> yeah so if you pay attention, she will help you win that crazy, awful game show at the end. Yeah. So, Bryntilda, well, awesome. She's not
0: on my list. Line okay. number four is Bottles, the mole. Bottles. Because... Bottles, uh, he helps you learn moves, and he has a funny voice, and he's just a silly nerd, and it's funny when Kazooie makes fun of him.
1: Yes, it's true. And he'll also threaten to erase your game if you refuse the tutorial with him. <laughs> does he but that's a story right. that's a story for another time uh my number three what well, is, is bottles on your list yes oh sweet okay yes bottles is my number three for the same reason he is fun and just a goofball who pops up whenever you need him and he teaches you stuff all right my number three was cheeto the cheat book ah cheeto cool beans he's not on my <laughs> list but cheeto he's cool
0: yeah, Cheeto, he's a cool flying spell book He's been abused by Gruntilda So he's hiding in three locations in her lair And he will give you codes to go uh, basically double your, your
1: eggs and your feathers And he's just a helpful guy And his theme song that plays when you get near him Is just about the most stereotypically magical sounding <laughs> Like mysteriously magical sounding music you could ever hear It sure uh, is so cheeto cool beans not on my list sorry
0: (laughs) (laughs) jake when Uh, are we gonna beat four
1: (laughs) that's a great question i I
0: didn't realize four was such an awesome score
1: if we would have chosen our favorite jiggies we probably would have gotten more (laughs) yeah maybe uh so my number four is i'm sorry my number two two is captain blubber
0: Uh, (laughs) the crying hippo
1: (laughs) yes because his cry is so pitiful and yes. the most memorable thing about him is the fact that every noise he makes when he talks is a burp, a different yes. pitched burp. So, Captain Blubber is for some reason very memorable to me. I don't know why, but no, yeah, Captain Blubber. He,
0: he probably should have been on my list, but he's not. That's cool. Um,
1: my number two is
0: Clanker. Clanker. Giant, awesome. Giant metal shark. because I love him. You got to help him, and half the level is inside of him.
1: And Poor Clanker.
0: you you just gotta help that clanker
1: I should have thought of him as an NPC I just kinda considered him as part of the level that's (laughs) awful of me that's terrible (laughs) alright so I have a hope
0: and and I believe our number one is gonna be the same so maybe we're gonna get those four points Jake what's your number one my number one
1: is Mumbo Jumbo
0: Mumbo Jumbo that is Three points. We have just tied our score. Yes. With a four. We've done it again.
1: Fantastic. I don't think Mumbo Jumbo needs any further commentary because we already talked about how awesome he was earlier.
0: He is. He's just such a good shaman with the skull he head. He is. Terrifying skull head. That brings us to the end of banjo kazooie honestly we probably could have given this more episodes like we've done in the past um Hmm. actually we're already at an hour and 11 minutes right now um (laughs) but anyway so thank you so much yeah it is so much worth it so thank you so much for listening to us reminisce and ramble about banjo kazooie um (laughs) remember if you got anything you want to share shout us out at regionunlockedpodcast at gmail.com My name's Cameron And I'm Jake Thanks for listening guys, have an awesome week Bye everyone